Hello, 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 and welcome to Twice Exceptional, teens exploring and living with neurodiversity. I am your host, Kate. I am 16 years old, the middle child of three, and my summer break just ended. That's right, I'm starting school. Arizona starts school a lot earlier than most other states. But more importantly, I have ADHD and I am gifted, making me a twice exceptional individual. I started this podcast because living with ADHD can be difficult, and I wanted to find a way to reach people and share some information from the perspective of a neurodivergent teenager who also happens to have a neurodivergent sibling. So in this podcast, I discuss my experiences living with ADHD, I interview guests on a variety of topics, and I research different aspects of neurodiversity. Now, I just realized I never actually covered what neurodiversity was, so that's what this episode is all about. The history of neurodiversity and the different forms that it can take. So this kind of gives you a general overview of what I'm talking about when I'm talking about neurodiversity. Because it's kind of a new topic and a lot of people actually don't know what it is. So let's get started. Neurodiversity refers to the diversity of human brains and minds. So the concept is basically there is not a quote-unquote normal brain. So people with conditions such as ADHD, autism, dyslexia, Tourette syndrome, dyscalculia, any of those should not be treated like there are problems. Think about other forms of diversity when you're thinking about neurodiversity. So just as there are multiple genders, races, and sexualities, there are different brains, and different brains are like formatted in different ways. Just like in other forms, there's discrimination and social oppression based on neurocognitive functioning. Now, it's a little bit different in some ways because it's kind of like a hidden form of diversity because most people you can't tell right off the bat if they have something or if they don't. But once you know, sometimes people can be very judgmental about it. But for example, autism is technically known as autism spectrum disorder. Disorder is not an appropriate term for describing the way a person's brain works. ADHD is similarly known as attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Additionally, there are many stereotypes and expectations placed upon the neurodiverse. People with autism are smart or dumb. People with ADHD lack discipline as a child. People with dyslexia are not smart. Anyone who cannot pass the standardized education and social tests has a disorder or is mentally damaged. These neurodiversity movements that exist attempt to counteract these problematic practices by advocating for support and public education on the matter. The idea is to teach neurodivergent people how to use their brain to their advantage rather than as a setback that needs to be fixed. Basically, rather than quote-unquote curing a person's autism, therapists can help that person thrive and help them heal from internalized oppression that has formed through their time of being told that they're a problem. So the history of neurodiversity, it's not actually all that old. Springing up in the 1990s, actually, the movement came up from the autism rights movement. The term neurodiversity was co- 
coined by Judy Singer in 1998. And now, neurodiversity covers more than just autism, because originally it was just about autism. So now I'm briefly going to cover some of the main forms of neurodiversity, and all of this information I got from exceptionalindividuals.com. So let's start with autism. Autism spectrum disorder is a spectrum of conditions that affect how people interact and communicate with the world. Now let's move on to ADHD, which is another one of the popular forms. ADHD stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, and it is characterized by inattentiveness, hyperactivity, and impulsivity. Dyslexia is a condition that affects someone's ability to read and write. Dyspraxia affects how the mind processes actions, usually affecting coordination and movements. Dyscalculia is characterized by impairments learning basic arithmetic facts, processing numbers, and performing accurate and fluent calculations. Dysgraphia affects written expression. It includes difficulties with spelling, poor handwriting, and trouble putting thoughts on paper. Mears-Irwin syndrome is a perceptual processing disorder. It is different in how the brain processes visual information. Tourette syndrome's key feature is tics, which are involuntary, uncontrollable sounds and movements. Obsessive-compulsive disorder, or OCD, is where a person has obsessive thoughts and compulsive behaviors. Synesthesia is a condition in when one sense, like hearing, is simultaneously perceived as if by one or more senses, such as sight. Hyperlexia is an observed in people who are self-taught themselves to read before five or have an intense fascination with letters, numbers, visual maps, or visual patterns. Other things may or may not be included, depending on who you ask. It is fairly flexible in the conditions that are included under neurodiversity. It's just all people whose brains don't operate in that quote-unquote normal or neurotypical fashion. However, there are a few common traits among those neurodivergent people. Most of them tend to struggle in social situations because their brain is just wired differently. So some of them have hard times reading facial expressions or understanding social situations, and even the ones that don't have that, sometimes it can just be a little bit difficult if you can't do things that most people would consider easy to do, such as math or writing or reading or things like that. Masking or mirroring the behaviors of others in order to fit in is common as well. Masking is kind of a big problem. It's not always a problem, but it has became a bit of a problem because it also leads to a lot of people not getting diagnosed especially girls, if they mask their symptoms slightly, then teachers tend to overlook their symptoms, and that can cause a lot of issues down the line. So neurodiversity is a topic very few people are familiar with, so educating others is one important step in improving care for everyone. Additionally, being open and providing that support for others is a great way to spread the word.
If you enjoyed this episode, please consider following the podcast on our TikTok and Instagram at twice underscore exceptional podcast. And if you have any questions, please reach out to twice exceptional podcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. One more note, there is a survey posted on my link tree says a neurodiversity connection surveys please take that survey so i can get some information on how different people make social connections if they have neurodiversity thank you